0: What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings podcast, aka the Power Ranking Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined by the ultimate beta male of football podcasting, at Marcus underscore Mosher. How are you? Yeah, I think some people would
1: take offense to that comment, but no, I'm, I'm embracing it right now. I, uh, it's it's not a it's not a uh, hurtful statement at all, Elliot.
0: Oh good, the lawnmower's here just in time. Uh, you know, I will say, and he's getting closer, he's got one of those old school lawnmowers. Do you guys have like a do you have a riding mower or do you have the push mower? I mean, you know me, that's a stupid question. what what kind of question is that? You're you have a riding mower. Wait, can you hear it yet? No, but see, mine mine's the
1: riding lawnmower with the cup holder right on the side, right? You yeah. don't even have to push the thing down. You can do it all with your fingers. Oh, it's you get so your nice. Mountain
0: Dew. Well, you're a Baja Blast guy. Well, they have big red soda in Pennsylvania. I like that when I'm mowing. No, the we have
1: cheer wine though. We drink a lot of cheer
0: wine. Cheer wine? Yeah,
1: it's like a it's like a red cola.
0: Was well, it sounds like a wine cooler? Whatever. No, no. It's like a it's like a red Coca Cola. Listen, I have really no room to make fun of Marcus. I think of him every day when I put lotion on. Now that sounds bad, but I, <laughs> Marcus told me, he's like, look, I there's not a day that goes by that I get out of the shower and I don't put lotion on. And I realized my skin was dry. And Marcus, who is, I mean, believe me guys, if y'all think there's not a lot of prep that goes into his look, let me tell you something, a lot of prep, especially, well, for locked on Cowboys. Yeah. yeah for, for
1: locked on Cowboys. Power ranking the show. He's, making,
0: yeah. he's making so much money. He just doesn't even bother. So we got a bunch of just quick football thoughts. This is a stick and move podcast we're doing today. A lot of different topics. I guess the main topic would be that the football season officially kicked off Mm -hmm. uh, last night with the Hall of Fame game that they've been doing every year. That has been the first game of the year for a really long time. And uh, last night I talked on the phone with Marcus. He was very excited about Josh Jacobs's workload. Other than Josh Jacobs, what were your observations from last night's Hall of Fame game?
1: Uh, Not too much. You you can't take away too much from a game where most of the guys playing aren't going to to make the roster. Uh, But I do have one. Daniel Carlson, man. What a weapon he is for the Raiders. Now, the Raiders only have one kicker in camp. So Carlson had to play yesterday. But he was money. He drilled a 55 yard field goal. That would have been good from 65 right down the middle. I know that we don't talk about this a lot, but the difference in that AFC West might just come down to the kickers. And I think Daniel Carlson Carlson's by far the best kicker in that division.
0: I think he's the best kicker in that division, but they've got some good kickers in that division. Sure. Uh, Broncos have a good kicker. Kansas city's got a good kicker chargers, you know, not bad. Um, they just don't like
1: to use their kicker.
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's it's, if you read my mind um, or their punter, uh, I would say that that uh, he, in my mind, is and I told you this on the phone when you just happened to be talking about him. I think he's one of the 10 most underrated players in the NFL. And honestly, I'm probably a little low. He's probably one of the five. He is. Well, well, because everybody talks
1: about Justin Tucker. Right. And even Mm -hmm. like Chris Boswell gets a lot of love, but we don't talk about Daniel Carlson.
0: Um, one other thing that we did talk about, I just alluded to it a second ago, Josh Jacobs, I think had nine carries in the first Mm -hmm. quarter when we were on the phone and you were pondering, like, what does that mean? Are they, are they trying to showcase him to trade him? In my mind, you don't give a running back that much work. That's, you know, an established guy, a guy that's what he's had a couple thousand yard seasons, Uh, three straight years of 1200 yards or more. Yeah. You're talking about a guy that was pretty good out of the gate. Um, He's a draft pick that did work out. That Mm -hmm. was, you know, a top round uh, draft pick. The Raiders are during the Mayock Gruden era were known for hitting on the kind of the fourth round style guys, but not their first round picks. Josh Jacobs worked out. However, uh, more importantly, I don't think you give a guy that kind of workload if you're trying to trade him. I think he's already put it on tape. I also think you don't want to take a chance that he turns an ankle. In my mind, what I would guess is that a couple of the Raiders running backs on the depth chart had turned ankles, you know, very light injury stuff that if we were talking like a Thursday night game in the regular season, they'd have played and they'd played a lot more of seeing how Jacobs fits in in Josh McDaniels' offense and what kind of value he's going to have to that team. I bet you he doesn't get that kind of workload next time out. Do you think I'm wrong?
1: Not necessarily. I also think, think Josh McDaniels wanted to win this game a little bit. He's from Canton, Ohio. That's the field that he kind of grew up playing on. He had 100 family members there last night. I think he wanted the offense to look good on the first couple of drives, and having Josh Jacobs on the field helps. Um, yeah. And plus, I still think they're trying to figure out the running back rotation. They want to see, like, hey, on third and three, who's our best running back yes. to play? And yes. yesterday it was all Josh Jacobs, and I mean, he looked good. He, he looked healthy.
0: Right, and sometimes it really can just be that the team's favorite third down back is just a little banged up and we just don't know about it. It's just a little tweak. They're like, "Hey, it's a Hall of Fame game. We don't sure. need to play the guy." <clears throat> but either way, I don't take think that you take a three-time 1000-yard back and give him that many carries the, to then try to trade him. I could be wrong. Uh we were talking about Carlson being really underrated. I think one of the other the league's other really underrated players, same division, Tim Patrick, he's mm. out for the season. Uh, what do you make of that? And would you would you consider him one of the top 10? Underrated players, I would put him up there. I don't think most people outside of fantasy even know who that guy is.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's a bummer because Tim Patrick just a really good football player. And he got paid this offseason, which is good for him. Uh, it is a torn ACL, so you would think that he'll be back next year in time for the regular season. But this hurts Denver a lot because he was really the guy that was reliable on third down, and he was their best red zone receiver now, they've got weapons in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and I saw KJ Hamler got cleared this week, their speedy receiver from Penn State, but this is definitely going to be one that that
0: hurts Russell Wilson a little bit. Well, Sutton wasn't reliable last year. They had injuries there. Uh, Sutton has put it on tape in the league before. Don't get me wrong. Hamler, I think he was out early last early, year. Yeah,
1: he was, he was the guy that tore his ACL uh, about the same time.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Judy, I think a lot remains to be seen. I think there's a lot more upside there. Uh, Mm -hmm. With a new quarterback in town, really, there's more upside for all these guys with Russell Wilson in town. Uh, Either way, that is a big loss for them in a division that you've already alluded to is going to be extremely tight where the kicker uh, might be the difference. Uh, A new arrival. uh, Let's go over to the NFC. Anthony Barr, the Cowboys acquired Mm -hmm. Uh, once a, a brand name. Mm -hmm. Maybe not that anymore. This isn't 2014 Anthony Barr that the Cowboys are getting. This is an older player. Uh, But I like this move. And for minimal, minimal financial investment.
1: Yeah, follow the money here, right? If the Cowboys gave him a one-year $8 million deal, it indicates that, hey, maybe he's going to be the full-time starting linebacker. They believe he can still play at a Pro Bowl level. That's not the case. He got one year, 2 million with a chance for it to go up to 3 million. That means to me, Elliot, he's going to be a part-time player, somebody that they can play as a weak side linebacker, strong side linebacker and allow Micah
0: Parsons to blitz a little bit more.
1: I I think that's really all it is.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I've said this on our podcast many times before that. I do think Micah Parsons was outstanding last year, but Micah Parsons was not lining up against the left tackles play in and play out. And I think that Dan Quinn is smart. He mm-hmm. knows Michael Parsons is really good, but coaches know their players limitations as well. I don't think the Cowboys want to use him in that role where he's lining up 60 snaps against the left tackle. They want to move him around and getting someone like Anthony Barr. Look, maybe he's not a 50, 60 play guy anymore, but Anthony Barr gives you 30 quality snaps per game. Perfect. And keeps Micah Parsons away from having to do that all the time. So you can use him the way that you want to. Not to mention, Anthony Barr is a smart football player. Mm-hmm. He's not going to make a bunch of mental mistakes in your defense. If you're a team that fancies yourself a contender, the Cowboys do. They probably think they're going to win the NFC East. This is the kind of move that you make. If you're rebuilding from scratch and you're Seattle, I don't think this is a move that you make. No, and it just gives them a little bit
1: more depth at linebacker. Remember, Leighton Vander Esch has not been the most durable player in his career. Trevor Cox, their starting weak side linebacker, coming off a torn ACL. They just needed another veteran body that can come in and give you 25, 30 snaps uh, a game. And I think Anthony Barr can do that.
0: Before we get away totally from uh, and get into ridiculousness, um, <clears throat> your thoughts on preseason altogether, because, and I love saying your thoughts. I, I just, it, it's become, you know, first they were p- playing too many games and they were charging fans full price. That got scaled back, right? The regular season got bumped mm-hmm. up. That was in theory, good for the fans that are, have season tickets and are attending the games and so on and so forth. But from a watchability standpoint, Marcus, from the time that you were, a you know, 14 year old kid gobbling up every Lindy's that you, you know, uh, well, you still gobble still up Lindy's? but yeah. preseason from when, you know, from 2003 to now is different worlds, different oh, worlds. Yeah. Do you remember when there used to be six preseason games? Yeah, well, they had, man, in the 70s, they played 14 regular season games and six preseason games. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
1: I, I love preseason. I'm probably one of the few people out there that does love preseason because I love the draft, right? And that's really what it comes back to for me. All these guys that I got to watch kind of studying draft film and watching college film, now they're on the football field. And a lot of these guys won't end up playing during the season, right? So this is your we going to one opportunity to actually see these guys play. I like preseason because there's not a lot of stress as to who wins and loses. Right. And it's really just player evaluation. So I, I thoroughly enjoy it.
0: The one thing I think it's good for, I was having a conversation with our friend, Chad Ryder the other day on the phone. And I said, you know, Chad, I think it's easier to make the NFL than the majors, the NBA. We can do a whole podcast on this, but I think in the NFL, if your agent identifies the right team, Let's say you're a third-string quarterback Mm -hmm. at best, at best, or you're a practice squad quarterback at best. If your agent can identify a team who maybe has some injury problems low in the depth chart, like people always think, oh, if you're a quarterback, you should go to Seattle because they don't have a great starter. No, that's right. You're not going to be a starter. What you want to do is try to make it with a team whose depth is very, very thin, or maybe they just lost a guy for two weeks, and you can get into camp. And the great thing about preseason for those guys, these kind of guys that are just trying to get on the practice squad or whatever is they can play in the preseason because we're not playing starters at all in preseason anymore. I think that uh, teams have just realized it's too big a risk other than to give our guys a few plays here and there. Um, It's – you can't. you know. Look at the Cowboys. I mean, they barely got practice going and they lost James Washington. Now their wide receiver core is unbelievably Mm -hmm. thin.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think what, I mean, let's stay with the Cowboys, right? Back in 2016, Tony Romo got hurt in a meaningless preseason game and really ended his career. There's just no reason to do that um, anymore, but that doesn't mean that preseason can't be enjoyable. So I'm still going to love it. I think three games is the right amount, by the way. I think that's, that's where we need to, to keep preseason games.
0: All right, go ahead and start. Uh, this is, this is a good time. Let's just take two minutes here. I, I, I didn't tell you I was going to open this up. I just want to take two minutes, okay? Even one minute. Because okay. I really don't want your opinion that much on this. Okay. Give me your Hall of Fame thought. From the game or the
1: the the class? <laughs> because I've got the thoughts. Class. <laughs> Feels like this is the year they felt like saying, hey, we've got a bunch of these guys that aren't first ballot Hall of Famers that we just need to fit in. Let's just get five of those guys in and then we'll move on.
0: I lied about two minutes. I'm pretty much good with just that. Okay. Yeah. I started laughing because I knew exactly what you were thinking. Then I started coughing because I was having my average reclaw (laughs) cough drop. (laughs) So there you go. Um, All right. You said you had something betting for me. so Yeah. This this is the time of year where I really
1: like to get into win totals and making the playoffs and stuff. So a little bet that I put together, I just want your thoughts on. Vikings. Patriots, Saints, each to win over eight and a half games. Five to one is the odds.
0: You know which one worries me the most? The Patriots. Yes. How did you know? (laughs) Yeah, because
1: the talent of the Saints and the Vikings is just really, really good. You're really banking all on Bill Belichick there.
0: You know, I think I'm still going to like that defense. I still like Mac Jones. I, I know that James White isn't quite ready to play, not that he's the biggest factor. But, you know, you kind of said it on our, our podcast a couple pods ago, which is who's the star player on the Patriots? Who's the guy you put on the media guy? You know, I mean, guy other, than Mac Jones?
1: Of- other than Mac Jones, I mean, is it is it Hunter Henry? Sure. I don't know. That That's the yeah. scary part, right? You are yes. – so reliant on Bill Belichick and Joe judge and Matt Patricia to figure things out.
0: Yeah. That, I I like the bet because it's five to one. I like that. Um, but I would be a little worried about that. I would, I would. Interestingly enough, I think the team most people would worry about would be Minnesota out of that group. If you uh, ask got, the average person.
1: Yeah, probably. And I'm not worried about that. I actually think they're going to be fine. I'll give you a different one. Really? Cool. Okay. Patriots Saints Raiders all to make the playoffs
0: plus 1400. actually I like your other bet better okay. because you're getting a lot better payout and the problem with the Raiders look the Raiders could go 10 and seven and maybe be a tiebreaker out of being in the playoffs if that the Raiders absolutely have a 10win team easy yes yes but they're what what if they go two and four in their division? Marcus, I mean that's that's the that's the question. I'm not saying the Raiders aren't going to make the playoffs, but you're already the Patriots are already going to have a hard time because the Patriots aren't winning the AFC East. So if we had to if we had to determine it right now, you and I, seven AFC playoff teams, Buffalo, yep, okay, Baltimore, I think I'm good with that, yeah, Cincinnati, yep, okay, Indy, yes, okay, that's four. All right, Kansas City. Yes. Okay, Chargers, just playoffs. Yes. Okay, that's six right there. That's six. So that yeah, leaves tough. Broncos, uh, Raiders. Dolphins. I know we don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but the Titans sure do have a really good track record with Mike Vrabel, right? We Dolphins. Yeah, we didn't we didn't mention the Patriots. Yeah, and we didn't mention the Browns either, or the Steelers for that matter. That. While we're at it, you know.
1: Yeah, we don't have to mention the
0: Browns. Yeah. fine so I think when you're when you're dealing with, uh, I think that one's far more risky. I I like the five to one much better. Okay, all much, right, we'll, we'll just Any more? We'll,
1: uh, no, we'll we'll pull these up from time to time. But that's one I'm kind of penciling. Vikings, Patriots, Saints. I also think there's some hedging, you know, that we can do. We get into week 17, week 18. And the Patriots are sitting right at like seven or eight wins. We could do some stuff with that. But
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the Dolphins. The Dolphins could easily be that 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 seventh spot. Yeah. So I don't know, but you know me, man. You, you're you more of a parlay guy. When we do our picks segment during the season, I'm always picking just the one that I feel the most confident about, and I just stick. So I'm, I would be more prone to just say, hey, I'm betting on the Saints like we talked about last podcast, or <laughs> I'm betting on <clears> – <throat> You know, Minnesota to win at least nine games. Um, and I'm with you. I don't think that's a stretch at all for Minnesota oh. to win nine. Minnesota could win nine, not make the playoffs, and you're fine. So uh, should we pull a football card? Yeah, let's pull a football card, a random one. What are we mm. doing? What box? Broderick Thomas. Broderick Thomas. Okay, so this is 92 action pack. Again, the gold for That's a nice looking card right there. Yeah. Broderick Thomas wearing the Bucks monochrome white. So this is when they were cream sickle. And their road look was a white jersey, white pants, white helmet. I'm sorry, but I love that look. Broderick Thomas was a first round draft pick, I think, in
1: 89.
0: 89, right? He 89. was part of that 89 class for Tampa. He was a decent player for Tampa, went to Detroit, had a, a really nice career for Detroit. And then for the Cowboys, he got ten sacks one year, Marcus. I think it was ninety-seven. Uh, so he had a he had a good like ten-year run in the NFL. Okay, so you're looking at ninety-one. I'm gonna guess he had a good year in ninety-one. I'm gonna go eleven sacks for Broderick Thomas in ninety-one.
1: Uh, eleven sacks on the dot. How did you do
0: that? That's incredible. Incredible. You're just saying that because you feel bad that you never give me credit. Hundred and seventy-four
1: on tackles. That is a lot of tackles. He had, yeah. he had four two-set games in 91. It's pretty good.
0: That is. Unfortunately, the Bucks, uh were not good. I'm trying to remember who their quarterback – well, 91, their quarterback was still Vinny uh, Testaverde, and uh, he struggled. He went to Cleveland uh, two years later. But, yeah, the, the 91 Bucks were not a strong team. They ended up hiring Sam Weish, I mm-hmm. think, in 92, the former Bengals coach, and they had him till 95. They were pretty decent in 95, and then in 96 – They got Tony Dungy, and uh, that team started to get built. You're still reading the back of your card, aren't you? Yeah, 174 tackles, 11 sacks, seven forced fumbles, three times was the
1: defensive player of the week.
0: That's a great year. That's an all-pro year right there.
1: Yeah, 6'4", 245. That's why I love football cards. You get to learn a little bit about somebody.
0: That's great. The thing was, he didn't really keep that up. Uh, with them. And like, he went to Detroit, he was solid for Detroit. He had one good year with the Cowboys and then he was pretty much done about a 10 year career. But that 89 draft class, man, that he was in, I mean, you would think as good a year as he had in 91, he'd be more well-known. But when you're in the same class first round as Deion Sanders, Derek Thomas, uh, Barry Sanders, Troy Aikman, Andre Risen, uh, that, uh, Steve Atwater, That was an incredible class. Even Tony Mandarich, who was a bust, Mm -hmm. was more well-known than Broderick Thomas. So there you go. Do you want to make your Silence of the Lambs quote? What was it?
1: Uh, It puts the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. I mean, I saw you just you know put a whole bunch on your hands before we got started. It's fine.
0: You know the quote that I remember from that movie? When Agent Starling showed up at Buffalo Bill's house.
1: She a big old fat lady.
0: That's not what he, he, goes, she, she asked that person. He goes, he goes, Oh, wait, was she a big old fat woman? And she goes, uh, yes, sir. She was a big girl. Yeah. It was so awkward. Oh yeah. Like that actor, even when he wasn't doing the crazy stuff, he was awkward. Just answering the door and a button down.
1: Oh, it's so good. A uh, Buffalo bill. One of the best villains ever in a movie. So yeah. good.
0: Uh, the scene where the, where he had the night vision on and they were in pitch black, that is one of the coolest scenes, man. Yeah. Of a suspense movie. ever. Uh that's definitely. Does that right count as a horror picture?
1: film? Because I don't really count it as a horror film. I think that's more of a thriller.
0: It's a thriller suspense. It'd be like seven or yeah, The Shining no. or Um Gosh, I'm forgetting I forget a really it, good one.
1: At the Oscars, I think it was classified as a horror movie. It was the first horror movie to ever win Best Picture.
0: Horror I don't like how this horror
1: though.
0: I'm trying to think of a really great suspense movie in the last few years. And what am I missing? Well, I mean, do you consider it a Joker suspense? Yes. Or is that drama?
1: Uh, I would say suspense, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a lot, there's and, and, a lot uh, of
1: tension in that movie.
0: What's the one that won the uh, that won the Academy Award a couple years ago? Um, ugh, the one that's supposed to be really disturbing, not disturbing, but um oh my gosh. going to drive me nuts come on you got to help me support that was disturbing foreign film parasite yes parasite i never saw it all all that set up to say i never saw it (laughs) i know. i know anymore hey look clearly the power
1: of the dog that's all
0: i saw the power of the dog we both did (laughs) I, i saw it at the theater Uh, Thank you very much. If we're going to go Western, Old Henry was much better. Came out uh, last year. Check that one out. I loved it. But that's my final thought for today. I give you, as always, I give you the final word.
1: This is like our last weekend without just a bunch of football. Um, You know, because I think next week, next Thursday, we get a bunch of games. Uh, How are you going to enjoy this next Saturday and Sunday before we just get this avalanche of football?
0: I'm going to uh, play a board game with my brother. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Does that sound exciting or what? Uh,
1: kind of, because you told me about this
0: board game before. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have some serious clue thoughts, though, for next week. Uh, strategies So yeah. uh, that you can uh, employ okay. at your uh, leisure.
1: I'll be in Canton, Ohio next weekend for the Fantasy Football Expo. So come out and see me there.
0: Humble brag.
1: I mean, it's a lot of fun.
0: You know, I really appreciate it if you took your media credentials and stacked them up behind you, because that really shows that. I'll see our guy fabs there. It'll be fun. Yeah. But really, I have some, a bunch of media credentials I can let you borrow. And then you can take yours and mine. And if you put them all behind you, you really look like the man.
1: Yeah. That's not what I'm going to (laughs) do.
0: Yeah. Of course, your jersey's behind you. We still need to question, but that's for another podcast. We're going to get out of here. Uh, He is at Marcus underscore Mosher. He covers the Raiders for USA Today. He's the host of Locked on Cowboys with Landon McCool. Check Landon out. It's a good podcast. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We appreciate you guys as always. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Take care, everybody.
1: Check me out on Bobby Carpenter's podcast.